What's up ninjas? Welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And in this episode, I'm very delighted to be joined by Liz Willits from Aweber. Now, Aweber is one of the world's biggest email marketing companies. And the reason I wanted to bring Liz on the show was to talk about what makes a good email. So Liz has conducted this insane study of the 100 best email marketers in the world. I didn't actually ask her if I was included in that, but I'm sure I was, probably number one or number two anyway. Um, she's conducted this study and she's kind of distilled the elements that make a successful email with quite an interesting conclusion, which I'll leave you to uh, to work out before the end of the show. Hope you find it useful. Liz has got a lot of knowledge in this area, as you would expect, having access to so many emails and I hope that you use the advice that she gives to get your email game on point. Don't forget if you are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast you can also watch us in full 4k glory on YouTube Um, so go to youtube.com forward slash exposure ninja we publish all of the podcasts there's videos there and there's also loads of other videos about digital marketing so see behind the scenes get some help on all the different elements of your digital marketing over on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show with Liz Willits from Aweber. So welcome to the show, Liz. Ah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. So you are from Aweber. For people who don't, am I saying that right? I've always called it Aweber. Is that how you guys say it? That is, you, you've got it. Perfect. So for those who have never done any email marketing and for some reason haven't come across Aweber before, what is it and how do you guys make money? Yeah, we're uh, one of the leading email marketing providers in the world. Uh, we've been around for over 20 years now uh, and we have 100,000 customers that we help uh, do email marketing and we give them the platform to do it. Uh, so Aweber's email marketing platform, we make money by providing email marketing solutions to 100,000 plus small businesses. Awesome. And give us a sense of the volume of emails that Aweber sends out for its users. So that's not a number I have in front of me and not really something we share too publicly. Um, but I have done a lot of other research into what makes the perfect email and what experts are doing right now to send great emails. So I'd be happy to talk about those statistics and what I found there. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the short story is Aweber sends out a huge volume of emails, don't you, for people. And this gives yeah. you a really good understanding of what works and probably what doesn't work. And you've put together an amazing study Um to kind of understand what the world's best emailers are, are, are doing, haven't you? Yeah. So I looked at what a hundred of the top email marketers in the world are doing uh, to send really, really successful emails. And I analyzed a thousand of their emails because uh, I'm a bit of an email marketing nerd. Um, so for me, this was fun, but it was really cool to see what some of these experts are doing to be extremely successful. So I looked at email subject lines. I looked at email content uh, because people ask me all the time, what makes a perfect email? Uh, So we wanted to find out for our audience and for email marketers all over. (laughs) That's great. Uh, There's so much 
conflicting advice isn't there about emails whether it should all be like plain text or html should it be long or short so yeah it's uh, i think it's great that you've just gone right what are the what are the best emailers actually doing not what's everyone telling you to do what are the best people actually doing and then looking at that i think it's a really good approach yeah so okay um the i guess the number one question people always have is about length like should we be looking to tell a long story and sell our product or service in the email or should it be really short sending people through to a landing page what does the survey say yeah so we found that on average emails have around 434 words uh, which is super specific uh, but that takes about a little bit over three minutes to read that um, so that's the average email uh, and when you think about three minutes it's not super long um, but we also had people who it was around 11 percent of people who are sending out emails that were over 900 character 900 words uh, and for example, like Anne Hanley uh, sends, uh, she's a chief content officer at Marketing Profs, and she sends this new newsletter that takes, I think, around an average of 13 minutes to read. So it's extremely long. So you have these people who are sending long emails and it's really effective for them. Uh, but we also had some of the experts uh, who were sending shorter emails and it was a little bit around 40% who are sending emails that take about two minutes to read. Uh, so there's really short emails as well. Um, so as far as email length, my takeaway from this was um, it depends on your goals and what you're doing. Uh, some people are extremely successful and they're sending these such like really, really short emails. And then there's people who are extremely successful at her sending long emails. Um, so my takeaway was avoid being average. So even though we found that the average email was 400 words, I wouldn't have an email that's 400 words, like try short or try long emails. Um, but you know, try to be different. That's really interesting advice. And, and I guess it kind of mirrors what we see on web pages as well, where we'll see really long sales letter pages working well, and then we'll see really short kind of impulse purchase, just a headline and a few paragraphs, and we'll see that work as well. And it's more about kind of what's being said than how much of it is being said, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, like if you're a phenomenal writer, you might want to use long emails uh, because you can keep people's attention for 13 minutes uh, or for however long your email is. Uh, and if writing isn't your strength, uh, use a shorter email that makes people curious, um, especially if you're trying to get them to click to your site. So I don't think it also depends on your goal. Uh, if you want to keep them in the email, maybe your email should be longer. If you want them to click to your site, maybe it should be uh, shorter. And, and I wanted to ask you about the kind of goals of an email and, and you know, these, these longer emails that you're talking about, would they often have a, a, a click or a conversion goal or is it more like a kind of newsletter to educate people? A lot of the longer ones were like a digest newsletter. So linking off to a bunch of different resources, um, which is why they were so long um, because they were talking about all of these different resources and linking off to them. Uh, so that's typically what I saw with the longer emails. The shorter emails often just linked to one resource. They had that one call to action. Often they were like more sales driven or um, trying to get people to visit one site um, and drive traffic to it. And what about consistency? I guess you could, if you're sending out 
consistently 900 word emails that's what you're going to become known for then if you send out a short one is that going to throw people or are people is that going to send your click-through rate through the roof like is it important that you build a brand for the length of your emails do you think i think it is if you if you're sending a regular consistent newsletter so like if you've sat down and said to your audience, I'm going to send you this newsletter once a week, every Thursday, and it's going to be packed with valuable information and it's going to be long. Uh, all of a sudden, if your regular newsletter is really short, uh, that's kind of an odd experience. But if you have this regular newsletter that's long and that's your brand, when you send emails on days other than your newsletter day, it could be really impactful to have that short email um, because it's going to catch people's attention compared to your regular long newsletter. Um, so I think if you're adding to your regular sending schedule of once a week or once a day or whatever, um, then you can go out of your normal brand of a long or short email and do something different. Um, but it is jarring if you have this normally very long newsletter and then all of a sudden your newsletter is uh, two paragraphs. We send out. We normally send out quite short emails to our to our email list. It'll be with a link to a webinar or something. And then recently, I tested sending out this really really long piece, um, which was actually really successful. But what I didn't anticipate is that people would reply to this saying, "Tim, I thought you were going to make a video of this." Like, I even had someone say, "Can somebody call me and talk me through this because I can't be bothered to read through?" So it's almost <laughs> like you educate your customers in a particular way of consuming, isn't it? And if you if you kind yeah. of throw them under the bus, they go, "Ah, I don't know what's going on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, and I think it depends on your audience too, right? So, like, if you have a lot of busy executives in your in your, on your email list, uh, you probably don't want to send this really long email. Um, so. Yeah. And yeah, if you've built up this brand of we send short emails and then you send a long one, it's probably, yeah, confusing. <laughs> yeah, that was screwed over for sure. Um, I want to ask you about subject lines. Um, you know, subject lines are kind of the headline or the advert, if you like, that gets us to read the email, aren't they? It's so important now we, got, we get so many. What have you found about subject lines in your survey? What makes a good yes. subject line? Yeah, so I found that on average, um, subject lines have about 44 characters, uh, which again, is doesn't make a ton of sense if you don't have that in perspective. Uh, but to put that in perspective, on on when your reader is opening an email from a mobile device, uh, most often mobile uh, ISPs like Gmail and Yahoo will cut off the subject line at between 30 and 40 characters. Uh, so 40, 44 characters is a little bit over that. Um, so what we also found was that a lot of people um, are in the 41 to 60 character range, which means that there's a good chance that their subject lines are being cut off on mobile devices. And um, a litmus, a study by litmus, uh, they're an email, an email company as well. Uh, they found that uh, around 50% of emails are opened on mobile. <clears throat> so my takeaway from all of this was that you should actually aim for shorter subject lines. There was around 11% of people who send subject lines with 20 characters or less. Uh, so not only will you stand out by sending emails with shorter subject lines because most people aren't doing it, uh, but additionally, uh, they won't get cut off on mobile, uh, which is great because a lot of emails are opened uh, from mobile devices. So I uh, actually went out and split test that because I am such an email marketing nerd. And uh, it, it 
stood in my split test that shorter subject lines uh, performed better. That's good to know. And um, what, I mean, what do you think invert, kind of you've got the trigger the curiosity thing, that's something that's kind of wild and outrageous in your headline, or you can be really descriptive about what they're going to find. Like, do you have any tips for how to craft a good subject line? Yeah. So if you're going with the shorter route, uh, a shorter subject line, inciting curiosity uh, can be really effective because you don't have a lot of space. Uh, 20 characters or less is like two or three words. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, very tough. Um, So in that case, I would either be inciting curiosity and being vague in your subject line, or I would use a keyword that describes what's in your email. So for instance, if your email is talking about blog posts, uh, your subject line could be blog posts. Um, so that would be a way to be descriptive yet still keep it short. Um, then again, another angle is to have a really long subject line. Cause like I said, uh, standing out, I think is the way to go in the inbox because we get so, so many emails. Uh, So if you're doing a really long subject line to stand out, uh, because most people don't do that, uh, you could be extremely descriptive. uh, And that could be a way to get people to open. What about emojis? When people started using emojis in their subject lines, didn't they? And and instantly it stood out. But now... Because you'd never get an emoji in a subject line from your friends. As soon as you see it, you're like, right, that's a commercial email. Do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of using emojis in subject lines for the very reason you said. Like, your friend's not going to have an emoji in their subject line. They might have it in their in the body of the, your email. Um, so maybe it makes more sense there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do recommend testing with it. Um, so my study of the a thousand emails, I found that only 6.9% of subject lines have emojis in them. So most people aren't using them, uh, which you could take two ways. One, um, they're not using them for a reason. Uh, and there's two reasons. One, like you said, like who puts none of your friends are sending emails with uh, emojis in the subject line. And number two, a lot of Internet service providers don't actually display emojis correctly. So if someone's opening your email or viewing your email in Outlook, who knows if the emoji is going to display correctly or be like a bunch of jumbled characters in the subject line, uh, which is a horrible experience. Uh, So those could be the reasons that most people aren't using them. Uh, But because most people aren't using them, there is an opportunity to stand out by using them. Um, So like I said, I think the way to get opened and to get viewed in the inbox, one of the ways is to be different. Um, So if most people aren't using uh, emojis in their subject lines, you could test it. Um, But I would try split testing it. Uh, So make sure it works before you go and start doing it all the time. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, What about capitalization? It's another one of those where if you capitalize every word in your subject line, kind of makes it look important, but also kind of makes it not look like your friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I found that 60% of subject lines are using sentence case. So the first letter the first letter is capitalized, everything else is not. And then around uh, 34% are using title case. So people are shifting to sentence case because again, it seems like it's something that your friend uh, would send you. It seems more natural than title case. Um, And then there's a small percentage of people, around 6% of people who are using all lowercase subject lines. 
And I actually kind of like this trend right now um, because it looks like a really casual email from a friend who like who was so casual when they were sending the email that they didn't even capitalize it correctly. They just made their subject line lowercase. Um, so I think it's an interesting one um, from a branding perspective. It could be challenging because it's grammatically incorrect. Um, but uh, I kind of think the all lowercase because most people aren't doing it is an intriguing thing to test. Another thing you might want to split test. Completely agree. One of our best performing emails, is, the subject line is feedback question mark and the F is lowercase and the yeah. the body copy just says, just want to check in, see if you had any feedback on things so far. And yeah. you can't, there's no way to tell if that's automated or not, is it? Because it's so casual, it's so like informal, just like I quickly bashed it out. So it's, and and then the danger of not responding to a personal email it's such a such a faux pas isn't it that we all feel compelled to respond <laughs> yeah yeah um i want to ask you some bigger bigger picture questions now about things like brand tone of voice and um how important it is to be consistent we've spoken about consistency and length but did you find that these top performing email marketers had a a very clear um I guess, brand for their emails, whether it's look and feel or length or capitalization or use of emojis. Is this something where you can see one of their emails and you recognize it? Or do they have to kind of keep mixing things up to surprise their audience and get through the, the kind of mental filter that we all have? Across the board, consistency um, was a big thing for these experts. So yeah, if they sent uh, long emails typically with a subject line that was title case and they used emojis and that was consistent pretty much across the board for their emails. Um, and I do think it's important because our minds, we're, there's so many emails in the inbox, right? And so our, mon our minds like to take shortcuts. Um, so brand consistency helps us take those shortcuts uh, because we don't have to process everything each time. Uh, we see that person's, uh, that expert's template, and we don't have to process this new design each time because they have a certain email template they use, uh, and they have a certain email length. Uh, so it's easier when you have a brand that's developed and you have rules that you follow and a strategy that you stay consistent with, it's easier for your subscribers to know who you are right away um, and not have to process, reprocess all this information. Um, so I do think it's important to be consistent no matter what you choose to do. And you can test things. So like having an emoji in your subject versus not having it in the next is fine. It's just these radical changes um, without any explanation that I think are confusing to users. So definitely I saw that these experts were being consistent in what they were doing. The big question is fancy HTML that looks professional versus just the plain text. Um, Inside Exposure Ninja, every time somebody else wants to take over our email marketing, they always want to come in with this HTML thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't do that. It has to look personal. Can you back me up? Can you give me yeah. some data that tells me I'm right? <laughs> well, I don't know if I can give you data to back it up because I do think it depends. I do think it depends on your brand, yeah. right? You know? Um, so if your brand is to be, um, is to have a plain text, simple email, um, go with that, but it also depends on your industry, right? So at your company, um, you're a marketing agency, right? So 
it's not an extremely visual thing necessarily. Uh, but for a food blogger, for instance, who's sending out recipes every week, um, they need pictures. They need imagery in their email because people want to see what the thing looks like, what the recipe cooked looks like, and they want to see the beautiful food and the beautiful ingredients, right? So like if you have a very visual industry where you need a lot of imagery uh, to support what you're doing, then you should probably use a more templated email. But then again, uh, if you don't have something that relies heavily on visuals, I like the plain text feel uh, for two reasons. Number one, um, it takes less time. You don't have to create this templated email. And number two, it, it feels very personal. Um, so I do think it depends on uh, your goals and your industry for sure. But there's another thing, isn't there, about deliverability. And, and we've done some of our own testing and found that the richer the the email with images and stuff, the more likely it is to end up in the dreaded promotions tab in Gmail. Yeah. Where emails go to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So internet service providers like Gmail, like Yahoo, all of them, um, historically they've had problems with uh, really templated emails with lots of images. And one of the ways they've deciphered um, whether an email should go to the inbox or should go to the spam folder or should go to the promotions tab is that you know more images equals promotions tab, um, which is rather simplistic. But algorithms are their algorithms are getting smarter. Um, so they're learning to differentiate in other ways beyond just seeing an email with a bunch of images and saying, you know, that has to go to the promotions tab. Um, so I think that's becoming less and less of a problem. Um, and right now we're seeing these very simple plain text emails as a response to the promotions tab, but there's going to be a point where just cutting out images from your emails isn't going to get you to the primary inbox. It's uh, val value driven content and it could have as many images as it wants, as long as it's valuable and your audience is engaging with it. So I think the big metric that's going to drive inbox placement in the coming years is open rates and click through rates and uh, unsubscribe and spam complaints. So just totally user engagement. Uh, so if you have a value-driven email and it's really templated and filled with images and your audience loves it, then that's what's gonna go in the inbox. You mentioned that engagement um, with the emails and it kind of leads on to my next question which is about the optimal frequency for sending emails. The kind of internet marketing common knowledge was that every time you send out an email, you make sense. So you make sales. So therefore, send out more emails and you'll make more sales. Is there yeah. a danger with that, that the average engagement will reduce because you get this kind of fatigue effect, which could lead... I've noticed a whole bunch of high-frequency emailers, people like Grant Cardone, where they might send out a plain text email, but it ends up in the promotions tab. And I always wonder, is it because the frequency is so high? Because I haven't engaged with maybe the last 10, that Gmail's now saying, well, this is like this is not useful to him. Yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely a risk of really high frequency sending in uh, ending up in the promotions tab because people stop engaging. Um, my rule is 
what I'm sending is make sure you're sending valuable content within your sales content. So if you're sending five sales emails and then only one value driven email a month, then your audience is more likely to get annoyed. Um, but there, there are people I subscribe to, um, like the skim and like morning brew, uh, both of them are daily newsletters and they are extremely, extremely successful, millions and millions of subscribers. And it's a daily email, which a lot of email marketers had always said, you know, don't send daily. It's too much. But those emails are filled with valuable content. So people want to open them more. Uh, and amidst all that valuable content, those newsletters include affiliate links, sponsored links, uh, advertisements. Um, so I think it's just making sure your content has value. Uh, it's hard to send, uh, 10 emails in a week that are all sales focused because what's your, what's your user getting out of that? You know, that's a really good point. That's a, and, and that kind of, if there's any kind of message that I'm hearing from you today is firstly, don't necessarily be average just because this is the average length or the average whatever you probably want to do something that stands out but then the other thing is perhaps unsurprisingly it's not about necessarily following the rules of what other people are doing as much as finding your own thing and quality always wins over quantity right yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would say the most successful email marketers are successful because they're unique yeah. and they've done their own thing and they developed their own brand and they stand out. Uh, they are not following these like certain formulaic rules. Like we all, we all want to follow. We all want to hear that, that rule yeah. that we can follow. That's going to make us insanely successful. Um, but I think there's not one simple formula and people are doing things all differently and finding success. That was one thing I found from analyzing these 100 different experts. They're very different in how they do things, uh, but the common denominator is that they're providing value to their audience, uh, whether that's educational content uh, or whether it's a product or a service that can radically transform someone's life uh, and make it better. Uh, so the common denominator is just transformation and making people's lives better, whether it's through education or through a product or service, that's just amazing. Um, yeah. So my recommendation would definitely be different, be different, uh, find your, find what makes you unique and then provide value to your audience and build a relationship. Make your emails something that people actually want to get, right? Yes. Yeah. And I don't think there's a formula that you can just follow, uh, to do that. Otherwise, uh, we'd all be doing that. Well, I'm going to have to think up another headline for this podcast episode. Liz, <laughs> this has been really interesting. Thank you so much. Where can people find out more about Aweber? And if they don't have an email platform already, why should they consider Aweber? Uh, well, you can find out more about Aweber at aweber.com. Or if you want to follow us on Twitter, our handles Aweber or Instagram is Aweber as well. And why choose Aweber? Well, we're one of the easiest to use email marketing platforms with a broad range of features and at a cheap price. Uh, so you won't find another email platform that you can get set up easier and get extremely extensive automation features that are powerful, but also really simple. So we like to say that we're powerfully simple uh, because you get the features and it's easy to use. It's very true. I started my very first business using an Aweber list and it's always been very, very simple to use. So great job yeah. on the product. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Liz, and for your expertise around email marketing.
Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome.